Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Sassy Bass Podcast. Come discover freshwater fishing in the upstate of South Carolina with Jesse and Joe. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sassy Bass Podcast. This is Jesse, and I'm with my buddy, Joe. Man, we are so excited to be here doing this. This has been like, how long have we been wanting to do this for? It's been months. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, so I guess we'll jump right in. Um, basically, we're just two guys who uh, just love fishing in the upstate of South Carolina. And basically, this podcast is uh, just talking about the upstate, the fisheries that exist here. Um, and one thing that Joe and I have kind of talked about and discovered is that there's so much water here in the upstate. and no one really has any content. Like, would you agree with that, Joe? Oh, yeah. I think if you look up on YouTube, I've tried to find videos of lakes around here, and there's not a lot of good content that I could actually learn anything from. So I think that's kind of what we're aiming for, is to step up and be those people that people can watch. And Because there's, I mean, a ton of people in the Greenville area, um, even surrounding. I mean, there's... A lots of opportunity here for us um, to kind of step out and start our own thing and help others. Yeah, I, I would piggyback on that for sure. With uh, we have a YouTube channel. Um, it's called Sassy Underscore Bass. Um, go subscribe. We only have one video on there right now. It's uh, not the best quality video on uh, how to tie a drop shot rig on, but uh, we'll be posting stuff to that over the next few months. Um, some more content on fishing some local lakes. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right in, Joe. Um, just kind of explain a little bit about who you are and kind of how you came to to love fishing. Yeah, dude. So my name is Joe Bontrager. Um, I was born in Indiana. Um, lived down here in South Carolina for about 20 years now. It's coming up on 21. So um, basically lived down here my whole life, but went uh, vacation up in, in Indiana. So, uh, did a lot of fishing up there. It's a lot different than down here. Um, got to go a little slower cause it's colder and all that good stuff. But, uh, anyways, um, uh, I have a wife named Natalie and she's awesome. And, uh, sometimes I don't get to go fishing cause of that, cause of her, but it's all good. <laughs> I love her. Um, it's probably a good thing anyways. Um, you don't need to spend all your time on the water, but, um, I like to go fishing a lot as much as possible. Um, I have too many boats. A lot of them don't work. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We're actually sitting next to one of his projects right now, which is actually, it looks sick. Joe's, Joe's quite the mechanic, uh, guys, just to let you guys know. He's, he impresses me all the time with his knowledge of basically everything mechanic. Yeah. It's all self-learned stuff. I just go and do it and figure out what to not do along the way so, <laughs> yeah uh how about you tell us a bit about yourself jesse yeah uh, my name is jesse chapel i uh i'm from north carolina shout out to norwood north carolina actually it's where lake tillery is which mlf fished lake tillery i believe in 2021 i believe that was right um but yeah grew up in north carolina for the first five years of my life actually caught my first fish on lake tillery it's a little bluegill i can remember it just like it was yesterday with my dad um, and then from there moved to the coast of South Carolina and Conway, the Conway Aner area. 
Um, and then from there moved up to the upstate when I was in fifth grade. So I've kind of moved around a lot. Um, but coming to the upstate, um, my dad, uh, bought a boat and, uh, man, I fell in love with fishing pretty dang quick. Um, just really, my dad's a crappy fisherman. So we, we crappy fished a lot. Didn't catch a lot of fish growing up, which is kind of funny. We, we did not do well at all. Um, but, and that's kind of where my, my passion and love for fishing comes from, I think is from my dad for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just had a brand new baby, Brooke Shepard. I uh, love the little guy. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Renee. I love her. Um, she is so good about, uh, letting me go fish when I get a chance to. Um, she definitely sees my passion for the, for the sport of fishing. Um, and yeah, like Joe said though, it's, it's definitely good to not be on the water all the time. Cause I think we, uh, we both lived that way for a while. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it can, it, it honestly, for me, I mean, I learned that I think quickly that like, fishing can kind of, you kind of got to have rest from it for a little bit because oh, yeah. it, it can become, it drains you, man. Yeah. And it can become frustrating, man. You have those streaks where you're like, you've gone two or three weeks and you just, you just cannot find the fish and man, you just get depressed about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about us. Um, Joe, I do want to ask you, so like, where, where does your passion for fishing really, really stem from? Like, where do you think it started? So when I was young, um, me and my grandpa would go out and fish canals in the St. Joe River up in Indiana near Elkhart. Uh, that's where I was born. And that kind of jump-started me into that. Um, just the feeling of catching a fish, it's so rewarding. Um, and I think over the years, I kind of put that on the back burner and uh, took. I was really into sports. Uh, I played football, lacrosse, basketball. Shout out, he said Eagles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and fishing kind of took a step back for me. I really enjoyed it, but um, there were things that I wanted to do. Um, just didn't end up working out. Um, and I started fishing again and I really enjoyed it. I got better at it. I started learning a lot more and, uh, now I'm here. I got like 40 rods, <laughs> 40 rods and reels. So we're pretty deep into this now. Um, but another person is my dad. Uh, me and him went fishing a lot. We would actually go to Lake Robinson, which is about three minutes away from where I live now. Um, I'm kind of in between two smaller lakes here in upstate South Carolina. It's Robinson and Cunningham. And we would just fish off the, the little dock off the pier. Um, and we never really caught much. It's just bluegills and catfish sometimes. But um, I stopped. Oh, I was probably like... 10 or something when uh it was the last time i fished there and didn't go for years um and then one summer i started to pick it up again i got my first bait caster from cabela's and uh went out and started fishing little creeks and stuff and um i ended up catching some bass and i barely knew what i was doing so that was pretty awesome uh learned a lot uh, from that and then started getting into boats and stuff like that. And, uh, now I would really much rather be on a boat than on the bank. Uh, 
even though it is nice sometimes to not have all that stress of, you know, backing in the boat and getting it out of the water and people all around you. But, um, bank fishing is how I started. And, um, I think I've progressed now to fishing out of boats and I enjoy it a lot. And it's, uh, it's like the next step for a fisherman. Um, I think I'm there now. So, um, and I'm only 21. So I got a lot of years to get bigger boats, bigger fish, all that kind of good stuff. So for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, so do you remember like the first bass you caught when you like seriously started bass fishing? Yes, I do. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, well, you know, I do remember the first bass I caught, but it, it, I wasn't bass fishing. Oh, okay. As as an accidental hookup. Yes. Um, me and my grandpa and his friend were fishing at one of their friend's ponds up in Indiana. And we were wearing out the bluegill and crappie and shell crackers. And all of a sudden, I hooked up with a bass. And it was completely different than any other fish I had caught at that time. And I remember getting it in. It was incredible. I, I felt so cool. Right, know? right. Because um, like, no one else had caught a bass that day. <laughs> right. I was the only one. And... uh it was only like a pound and a half, but oh. it was it was awesome because I was using a ultralight. ultralight yeah, so, yeah. Um, I do remember that. That was a, one of my more vivid memories. Yeah. Bass fishing. It's it's funny you say that because I feel like so many people can remember their first fish when like they actually started fishing. Because yeah. I can remember. So my uncle Keith was a huge bass bass fisherman back in North Carolina, where I'm from. Um, actually had an article in Bassmaster magazine posted one time. Um, wow. But we were talking one Christmas and cause I was, I was starting to get away from the crappy fishing when I was like junior in high school. And I was like, man, I want to start bass fishing, man. I just love, I just love the, just looks like the energy that comes from bass fishing. It looks like just the, just the fun that people were having, you know, just a different type of fish. And then, and so he came uh, to the lake where my parents live, uh, Lake Lyman in South Carolina. Uh, it's a, it's a decent little fishery. It's a smaller lake, one of the smaller lakes in uh, the upstate. But, uh, and we'll talk about that in future episodes actually of like smaller lakes and how they're actually really good fisheries here in the upstate. Oh, yeah. But, um, and so I remember he came and we fished the Carolina rig, uh, up in Lyman and it, man, it was just catching a ton of grass. And like, we, we caught some fish, but it wasn't really a lot of numbers. I remember he caught a four pounder was his biggest he caught while he was there. And, and I remember thinking, I was like, man, what is a rig? that you it, you can pull it through grass it won't get hung up and then i was i, I go i remember googling it and i was like what is that rig and i saw the drop shot rig yeah. and joe's smiling because man if anyone knows me i'm, I'm a drop shot guy through and through <laughs> that's what i yeah. fish like 90 percent of the time <laughs> but i remember i looked about a tide on and it's so funny i mean looking back i was using like a two alt hook with like a freaking eighth ounce weight um, and it was like the ugliest looking drop shot time you've ever seen. But I remember I, I threw on a banana seed worm, a zoom worm, seven inch. I can remember it like it was yesterday on my dad's bass tracker. And I go to this point and I'm like, man, I've never used this rig before. I'm using, a, I'm using it on a bait caster, by the way, too. So, um, that was also kind of crazy. Anyways, so I throw it out and man, like second pop of that drop shot, I get a bite and I set the hook into that thing. And it was like a pound and a half bass, but dude, I felt like Bill Dance in that moment. I was like, dude, I'm gonna, and it was funny. It was in that moment where I was like, this is my thing. 
like fishing, like bass fishing is going to be my thing. Um, and since then, man, I, I've, I've loved it. And it's been cool because I think Joe's the first person I've met, honestly, that besides my family, I mean, but really Joe's the first person I've met that kind of shares the same passion. I would see it, say Joe's even more passionate about it, which is really cool. Um, for the sport of fishing. Um, yeah, it's just neat how I remember our first fish. Uh, that's just really cool. Yeah, dude. I right. mean, it, it really meant something to us because we genuinely cared, you know? Right. There's some people that could care less, but right. um, for us, um, it just kind of hit different. Yeah. And see, with bass fishing, like, bluegill and crappie. Now, crappie, you have to work for them sometimes, but it's just, man, bass are just a different type. They're just built different. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, they... To go after them and find them can honestly, without good electronics, which I think we suffer from because we're poor young guys. But um, yeah, it's it's a challenge. It is a challenge. But um, so we'll, we'll kind of segue into the next thing. So like, Joe, how would you describe like what kind of fishermen are like fishing style and like what's your favorite technique? So I would definitely have to say all time if I'm, if I want to have fun bass fishing and I know I can get bit on it, um, it would have to be using a whopper plopper or, you know, choppo. I actually prefer choppos over whopper ploppers. I know they're the same type of thing, but um, the sound, I've just found that choppos seem to catch more fish um, in the mornings and in the evenings, it, just all around. I think that's pretty much my favorite way to catch fish because um, they just, when they hammer it, dude, it's, it's not like you're finesse fishing. You know, this is power fishing. You're going to set the hook into that fish and it's going to fight really hard. Um, so I think that would have to be my answer. Um, so, so kind of, kind of explain to us like, so the Berkeley Chapo, um, like what does this lure look like? Like what, what is the whole point of this? Like, what is it mimicking? And like, why would a bass like love this lure? So I think, the the thing that bass like about it, well, it's more that they don't like it. I think a lot of the times they're attacking it because they don't like it around them. Interesting. Um, and if it's really good early summer mornings, you know, way early in the morning, you know, you can't see anything. Um, and you can just hear that thing coming down. Um, and they can hear it from a mile away. You know, it's super loud. And if they want to, they're going to go up and destroy that thing. They're going to T-bone it. And uh, it has two trebles on it. So, I mean, I, I think for me, I almost always hook up with fish when they bite it. That's one reason I like throwing it. Um, and just the, the shape of it looks pretty appealing if there's fish that are actually hungry you know they're it you can get ones that look just like bait fish um you can get ones that are frog colored even though frogs will never ever uh sound or look like that coming through the water (laughs) so um but they're just a pretty unique bait um and they were pretty revolutionary when they came out i remember everyone was throwing it um people were catching bass left right and center so yeah, um, I would. I think that's where I stand with that. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, and you and you would say you're more of a power fisherman. And can you kind of go into what power fishing kind of looks like? Yeah. So for me, um, power fishing is more of my my deal. I like um, finding those fish. I don't. 
I don't really like to wait around and uh, them come to me. I, I want to find them, um, and I'm gonna if they bite, I'm gonna slam that hook into them. And I really am trying to be as efficient as possible with my time. Um, I think that's just the competitiveness in me. Yeah. Power fishing is it's one of those ways that if you want to catch a lot of fish in a day and have a lot of fun, you can go out there and throw a Texas rig or throw a whopper plopper right. or throw a, a spook and just work it super fast across the top of the water and um, try to get all those, the, the most amount of bites you can. Yeah. So you would say that your goal with power fishing is just to cover a lot of water. Yes. Yeah. It's to cover a lot of water, catch as many fish as possible. Um, and I think for me, normally I catch bigger fish okay. when I'm power fishing, trying to get bigger bites, throwing bigger baits, all that good stuff. Now, would you say a negative side of that? Like what, what would you say would be a negative side of that technique? Um, I think you could miss a lot of areas that you would like if you were finesse fishing or you just fishing slower, um, you might could fish one area cast at one spot three times and catch that fish on the third cast. Right, right. You know, um, when you're power fishing, I'm trying to move, be as, as efficient as possible. Um, but I mean, the crazy thing is that you don't really know where the bass are in the lake. I mean, you could take some wild cast and catch a bass. Um, but I think just throwing at the high percentage areas, you yeah. think bass are going to be at, that's kind of what I like to do. Um, cause normally I'm not going to have that much fun if I'm just baking out in the sun. You know, I want to be, I want to stay moving, um, in the mornings. I want to cover as much water as possible. You never know where a, you could catch like a three pounder 25 feet away from an eight pounder. Right, right. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you were finesse fishing, you, you could spook off those fish or whatever. It's, there's so many variables that go into why I like to do it. But, um, also, I do want to say that if I'm not making any sense, that's because I'm pretty tired because <laughs> I woke up at like five this morning to go fishing. So um, no, my, my brain's going like a million miles a minute. I think you're doing a great job at, uh, at, at covering what this is. Actually, yeah. So, Joe, let's talk about this. So around the upstate right now, a huge thing. So, so the biggest deal in the upstate, I think the last – three years is probably that bass are spawning really late. So we're seeing this huge trend guys of like, it's interesting because growing up, I remember it'd be like February or March and like guys in my hometown would be like, Oh, the bass spawn starting. Like, it, and it was, that was just normal. Like, like trees didn't really have blooms yet. And, ba- and guys were just catching bass on the beds. And so the last three years, man, it's like first of May, we're getting into the 85 degree days. And all of a sudden, you, you're catching. So we went out. So Brooks was born May fifth, Cinco de Mayo. We went out that Saturday before, which was still like the first week of May. I think it was like the first weekend in May. And guys, we were catching bass full of eggs. Like it was insane. That was probably the best night of fishing we've ever had. That was insane. We easily had over a twenty-five pound bag, and we caught like two hundred crappy. It y'all. It was like it was the craziest thing ever. But. And our and it's cool because we have guys that we work with and we talk to that that fish and they're experiencing the same things. Like we've got bass last like the last week of May still on the beds, and so um, it's just been interesting just to watch this trend the last few years. 
And and so to segue into this, that the bass bites after the spawn this year has been so tough across the upstate. Like tournament weigh-ins have been in like nines, the teams like barely cracking double digits. Um and so Joe went fishing this morning at Lake Lyman, and I'll kind of let Joe talk about like how, like what was it like this morning. So I got there a little later than I wanted, um, waiting on one of my friends. Uh, he just needed to eat breakfast for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we went out there in our kayaks, and um, Jesse's parents live on the lake. They live on Lake Lyman, and they're not too far from the dam, and. The dam is basically just a ton of rocks. It just, it's probably like 150 feet of just a rock shoreline. Which is probably the only spot on the lake that's even remotely like that. Probably, yeah. yeah. And that's what makes it such a good spot to fish. Like, if you want to fish there first thing in the morning, that's where you're going to go to get a topwater bite. And that's what I did. Um, Went over there with a popper. And my third cast, I caught one. It was about a pound, give or take. Um, nothing to write home about. And I caught, well, I didn't catch him. He, I got hooked, but I, the very next cast casted probably about five feet away from where I caught the other one. And I got blown up on again and didn't hook him. Well, it didn't catch him. He got hooked and came off, but, um, and I, I was throwing a popper. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but, uh, after that, the bite just, disappeared man i mean it was gone and it was only 6 15 wow. you know it, wow. it was insane and also i do want to mention that the bass that i did catch was blazing hot it was insane how hot that fish was um, what would you say that, like what would you guess the water temperature was this morning <laughs> dude it it has to be high 70s yeah or if not like 80s i mean the these days that have like this past week it yeah. was blazing hot i mean the feels like was always in the hundreds right so these fish i think are just shocked at how hot it just got right. you know it was it was really nice out two weeks ago and now it's just blazing hot every day of the week we got storms rolling in and uh, tons of rain falling down. It hailed yesterday, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, the weather, the weather in the south, and I'm sure most people listening to this are going to be in the southeast. Um, and you guys know it's been like insanely hot, like record-breaking temperature hot to start out June, um, which I think attributes to why the fishing's been so tough. I mean, the fish in April were having to adjust to the fact like it would get up to like 75, and then it dropped down to like 40 the next night, yeah. and they get butt off the beds, and then all of a sudden. They start bedding, and then it just is excruciatingly hot. So I think fishermen right now are just having – we're at the mercy of Mother Nature right now, throwing her worst. And and it seems like – because, I mean, guys, mostly I'm fishing Lake Lyman because my parents have a boat there, and I mooch off them in their boat. Uh, shout out to my dad for being awesome for letting me do that. But, um, yeah, it's – and that lake, it gets super warm super quick. I mean, by August, it's not uncommon. The upper end of the lake is, like, shallow. It's, like, 94 degrees. I mean, it's, like, insane hot. Um, but yeah, the, the bite's tough all around. Um, and we'll kind of transition into this. So back to fishing techniques. So it's interesting that Joe and I fish together. Um, we fish together a lot and I, I have just off the bat, I have tons of respect for Joe. This guy is probably the most versatile fisherman that I think I've ever been able to fish with, which has been super good for me to like watch that and specifically a story to back that up. So we were at Lake Hartwell. And I'm sure you people have heard of Lake Harbor. It's 
where the Bassmaster Classic gets hosted. Um, humongous lake, actually the biggest lake in the southeast. I did not know that until this morning. It is, it is massive. <laughs> it is huge. Um, and so we went, uh, put in at Green Pond Landing, which is I think was where the Bassmaster weigh-in mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah. Um, and so I just remember we're we're going out to these rocks across the way, and Joe throws out the Berkeley Chapo, um, and he hammers like two fish back to back. I'm like tying, I'm trying to tie a polymer knot back there, and I'm sucking it up. And then Joe's like, get the net, get the net, and he's just catching fish. And so it's two on top water, and then. I remember Joe switches from topwater immediately, which is power fishing. He starts fishing like finesse stuff. I remember you used to throw out a drop shot and you caught a fish. Yeah. And then he switched to a crankbait and caught a fish. That day, and he could, Texas rig caught a fish. And I think he fished a net. It was like six different baits that guy caught fish on that day. And I just remember I've actually like mulled over that a lot when I'm fishing um, a lot, even if it's by myself or with Joe. Just having to remember that like you, 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 you have to be versatile. Um, and I just respect Joe a lot for that because I think a lot of fishermen get stuck in their ways. Even even we watch pros, man, they'll live and die by a fishing technique. Like, Absolutely. and I and I fall into that trap a lot. I'll live and die by the drop shot. Like if a drop shot's hitting, I'm catching 13, 14 fish. It's happening. If a drop shot's dead, like most days it is, it seems like I'm catching two or three fish, and they're not big. Um, and I and I just want to get that out of the way. But like I just respect Joe for that a lot because in the segue into this i'm using segue a lot well that's a word i'm using a lot today um but i i'm more of a finesse fisherman so joe was talking about how he's a power fisherman i love finesse techniques that's just who i am i think i started that way i love the subtle fishing i love the slow fishing um and and the negative to that is i don't cover as much water i don't um but I feel like I just I get really intimidated by big baits, man. When I see like half ounce jigs and guys with these like trailers chunking them out on a heavy rod, I'm like, I just I get so scared. Because um, man, I love the drop shot. I love the Ned rig, and the Ned rig's a rig that that Joe actually kind of turned me on to. Um, I really I'd never really heard of it until about a year and a half ago, and I've actually found a lot of success. And I was interested because a lot of guys fishing you know for smallmouth and stuff in rocky lakes. And Lyman's a pretty muddy bottom and grassy. I've found a, I've had a lot of great success with that bait. Um, but the Ned Rig and the Drop Shot and the Shaky Head are probably my three top baits where I just feel super confident. That Just that soft plastic bite, that's just where I'm at. I'm not a hard bait guy. Um, I, I just struggle with having confidence there. And the negative to that is is I'll, I think I, I'm definitely on Joe's team of the fact of like he covers a lot of water. And I've noticed like when we're fishing and he's at the helm, we're catching more fish. That's just usually how it goes uh, because we're covering water. We're finding fish. Um, and yeah, I think that's why I have a lot of respect for Joe in that area is that he, I think he's honed in on his craft um, to really find the fish. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure where I'm really going with that. I just, yeah. So I know how you said you respect me for doing like covering more water and catch more fish, but there, there also is something nice about just relaxing like going out the way you fish is is really nice on on some days because you can just you can literally sit in your seat and just lean back work right. a, work work your drop shot back to the boat right. and you don't you don't exactly yeah <laughs> and you don't have to worry about you know if you're gonna get bit yeah. um it's it's just a matter of when because you know there's some days we go out there and you can't buy a bite but yeah. usually. I'm I'm glad that Jesse has uh, his confidence based a drop shot because that's one of the best ways you can catch bass on days like we have today where it's incredibly hot and humid. And I, I will say this about the drop shot: it seems and 
and I and, and the thing about the drop shot is is um it's more of a vertical rig, but I never fish it that way. Yeah. First of all, because I don't have a fish finder good enough to find fish. If I did, I'd probably fish it vertically. But I I, I started fishing it from the bank back to the boat, and and there's actually a, a guy we work with, um, Johnny Green, who I hope he doesn't get upset for telling people this that he fishes it this way because he told me not to. But uh, he fishes it the same way, and he has a lot of success um, with that rig fishing it that way. Um, you don't catch. I think you catch more numbers. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely more of like if if you're in a tournament and you need to get a five fish limit, you can tie on a drop shot and go out there, fish some points, fish in coves. You know, it you it's that's the thing about the drop shot. It's also a pretty versatile bait. Right. You don't have to just fish it vertically. That's the great thing about it. You can throw it out there, fifty yards, and work it back, and you know you'll have you'll have success. Right. Right. I would agree. Um, I don't want to cut Joe off, but we're coming up on our on our time slot here. We're trying to keep these episodes around 30 minutes. Um, just thank you guys so much for uh, jumping on and listening to us on the Sassy Bass Podcast. We're hoping to shell out an episode maybe weekly or every two weeks um, starting out. We don't really know where this is going to go, but we're just super excited to do this project. Um, so next week, we're going to try to talk about we'll, – we'll probably jump back into talking about the drop shot and other techniques, but we really want to hone in on – the kind of the, the three main lakes in the upstate that I think of when I think of, of big fisheries, it's Jocassi, Lake Kiwi and Lake Hartwell. Um, and it's interesting cause you, you YouTube that stuff, man. And there's not a lot of content about those lakes. Um, but we're hoping to kind of show people, man, the upstate is a great fishery. It's a great place to come fish. Um, and we're excited on the YouTube channel. Seriously, go give us a follow. I'm going to subscribe at sassy underscore bass on YouTube. Um, and you'll see a lot of great content coming out soon just of us uh, videoing ourselves fishing the upstate. Um, Joe, anything else you want to say before we log off? Thank you all for listening. It's been great. Um, And we'll see you next week. Love you all.